Well, friends, this has been an interesting week, to say the least. Last weekend, in less than 48 hours, we had to make the decision to do ministry as a church completely different than we've ever done it. You know, an essential quality of the church is gathering, and it's hard to do that differently. If you think about the history of the church, we we just gather. And on Sundays, people gather in a variety of ways. Yeah, they gather in homes. They may gather in movie theaters or schools. And of course, we have the ability to gather in a, a beautiful church building, but there can be no question that we are called to gather, that it is a a common practice to gather. It's good for us to gather, to be with God's people, to encourage each other, to strengthen one another, to to worship God with one another. That's an essentially good thing for the church. And yet, in God's sovereignty, that good thing has been removed from us for a season. I've been praying and, and seeking the Lord over the past week and a half, asking what he wants to teach us as his people through this, this season of loss. And I've been continually pointed back to a truth that we've been learning in the book of Philippians, of all things. And can we just take a moment and just celebrate God's sovereign direction in leading us to the book of Philippians? It's incredible that God has, has already provided for us wisdom about how to deal with a a circumstance like this right from his word. None of us knew, none of your elders, pastors, leaders knew when we were led to the book of Philippians to teach through the book of Philippians that we were going to be in a season like this, but God knew. And he was already making provision for us to help us navigate this time of uncertainty in the truth that the the book of Philippians offers to us. Loss is a major topic in the book of Philippians. Paul speaks about it often because he's lost a lot. You think about it, the the Philippian church has lost a lot. Paul's in prison. He's lost his freedom. And I'm sure as a consequence of being in prison, he's probably not in the best health. He's he's losing his health. He's lost the ability to fellowship and to, to lead God's people, to shepherd God's people, at least in person. In all likelihood, Paul could lose his life. And I'm sure that the prospect of that loss is kind of looming before him. The Philippian church has suffered loss, as we've talked about. They're experiencing the hardship of persecution. Many of them likely have, have lost jobs. They've lost their reputations. And they may lose their lives for the sake of the gospel. Epaphroditus certainly almost lost his life in service to the gospel. But Paul draws out some incredible truth from in the midst of this kind of loss. There's something about the nature of loss that causes us to evaluate what's most important to us. Loss has the ability to lead to godly gain. In losing all the things that the world values... And that Paul valued even before meeting Jesus. Paul says that that loss, things that he voluntarily gave up and then things that were taken from him, all of that loss has only served to reinforce his confidence and the sufficiency and goodness 
of Jesus Christ. And that's why he says what he says in, in verses 7 to 11 of chapter 3 that we, that we read the last time we were able to meet together in person. He says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So, I'm willing to lose these things. I'm willing to count them as lost because in losing them, I'm gaining more of Christ and be found in him, verse 9, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, it's nothing, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, the greatest gain that we could ever know. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So Paul, he's saying that there are some things that I've chosen to forsake, and there are some things that have been taken from me. But all of that loss has led me to see the greater gain that I have found in Jesus. So let's think about this biblical truth for a moment. Because I want us to to see God's grace in the midst of all of this loss in the same way that that Paul did. Sometimes God withholds or removes things from our life for our spiritual good. Because in doing that, he reminds us of what is most important to give us a moment to evaluate what is essential and what's just extra. It's just incredible. A season of loss can actually lead to godly gain. Paul talks about in the next section, the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 12 to chapter 4, verse 1, that this realization of what is truly important has allowed him to have the right kind of focus in his life. A season of loss can can lead us to have the, the right focus for our life to endure that kind of season of loss, whenever it's, it's not our choice to be in a season of loss like this. So Paul says, I've not perfected my pursuit of Jesus. I've not forsaken everything truly that could distract my heart from worshiping Jesus. But he has committed himself to remembering what's most important. Listen to what he says in, in verses 12 to 16 of Philippians 3. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I, I press on to make it my own, this this faith, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I I have already made it my own. I'm not perfect. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, the, the resurrection from the dead that he desires to attain in verse 11. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So what does Paul say here is our ultimate prize? What is the thing that we long for above anything else as believers? Well, Paul tells us in verse 14, an upward call, a future hope of of resurrection, of eternal life, 
with God. One day, we are going to join Christ in an, a glorious moment of resurrection. We're going to step into the fulfillment of all God's promises that he has secured for us in Jesus Christ. We will transition into eternity where we can worship God as we were created to worship him forever. And the loss of things in this life somehow helps us remember that this must be our, our ultimate hope. When we see the imperfection of this life, when we see the, the, the brokenness of this life, the temporary nature of this life, it helps us remember that there's something greater that we have to be longing for. Think about it. When, is, when has any of us ever experienced a moment of loss like this? And what's crazy about it is it's only been a week. And yet think about all the loss that we've ex experienced. And that loss could be extended for who knows how long. We've already begun to, to feel the effect of a loss now that could last for a long amount of time. We've lost the ability to gather in worship. We've lost the ability to, to go to a movie or to a restaurant. We've lost the ability to travel freely. Some of us in our church have already lost jobs. Some of us are going to lose our health. And certainly we've, we've lost a sense of peace in an earthly sense anyway. But do you see how this loss can actually be redeemed by God for our good? Now, I'm not saying that this season of loss won't create hardship. Of course, many of us are going to face hardship as a direct result of what's happening right now with this coronavirus. There's, there'll be stress. There'll be financial issues. Fear of the unknown. But this loss also represents an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to redirect our hope as God's people. To redirect our focus to be like that of Paul. As he says in verse 17, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Let's keep our eyes on someone like Paul who keeps his eye on what's most important, who sets his hope on heavenly things, not earthly things. Our goal is not to be satisfied in this life only. We can, we can know joy here, yes, but it's always attached to something greater that God has for us. As Paul reminds us in verse 18, if our joy is limited to this life only, we're actually an enemy of the cross. You're an enemy of the cross when your belly, your, your earthly appetites, your earthly satisfaction and comfort are your ultimate ends. Our, our perspective as God's people has to be different. Our perspective has to be heavenward at all times. And there's, there's nothing like the loss of comfort here in this life to help us evaluate what it is that we truly long for. What do we really hope in? Has there ever been a better time to evaluate our answer to that question? Hear me, friends. Hear the inspired words of Paul in verses 20 to 21 of a Philippians chapter 3. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await 
a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. This is what we must long for this day, that glorious day when Christ will return. That's what we must long for. And the, the season of loss can be used by God to help us discern in our hearts whether or not we have truly been transformed by the gospel, whether or not that is truly our hope. Because if we keep our focuses on the promises of Jesus, if we keep our, our focus on the, the sure hope that we have in him, we will be able to stand firm in this season of loss, just like Paul encourages us to do in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. So here's the reality, guys. None of us know how long this coronavirus pandemic will last. None of us know when we'll be able to get back to normal, if that even is such a thing. We may be entering an extended season of loss, and it's so important that we prepare our hearts to withstand that loss so that we don't lose hope. The only way we'll be able to stand firm is to have our hope set on that which we can never lose, our salvation and our eternal reward in Jesus Christ. When we realize all that we have gained in Jesus, whatever we lose here is put in its proper perspective. Now again, it doesn't mean it won't hurt. It doesn't mean that we won't create, it won't create hardships. It doesn't mean that we won't grieve. But friends, we can grieve with hope, just like Paul encourages us to do in 1 Thessalonians. Because we have something that no sickness, no virus, no market instability can ever take from us. God has saved us in Jesus Christ, and we will be with him for eternity. So church family, let's... Let's imitate Paul. Let's stand firm. Let's show the world the worth of the gospel by remaining steadfast because we trust in a higher power. Let's let this season of loss lead to godly gain, both for us, our individual spiritual walk, for our, for our church, and then also for the world. I was thinking about other times in my lifetime where life has been put on hold by kind of catastrophic events like this. And most of the things I've experienced have been related to natural disasters and specifically flooding. I mean, I was living in South Louisiana when Katrina happened. I was living in Houston when they experienced one of the, the worst floods that any American city has ever experienced. And I saw people lose everything. I saw devastation. But I also saw Christians evidence their unwavering hope in Jesus Christ. And I was strengthened because of it. And I think the church was strengthened because of it. Both of these events led to good. And listen, they were localized. They were small in comparison to what's happening now with COVID-19. It's a worldwide pandemic. But I have no doubt 
that if the Lord can redeem those tragic events, He can certainly redeem this one for His glory and our good. So church family, let's keep our eyes forward and stand firm on the gospel. And let's, let's watch and see how God uses this moment to build His church because that's what ultimately matters. And friends, if people come to know Christ, if we are strengthened in our faith in Christ, then what greater gain could come than that? Question for you. Are you resting in the gospel today? Are you resting in your future hope in Jesus? Are you able to stand firm or is this this season, even this this short season of loss, revealing a lack of faith or a compromised faith? Maybe you're unsure whether or not you have a hope that that can withstand this life. Oh, that today would be the day where you would turn to Jesus and you would see all that God has provided for you in Him. That you would repent and believe in Him so that when a greater day of destruction comes, a greater day of hardship, a greater day of loss comes, you will be secure and saved in Jesus. And for those of us who are in Christ, let's do the work of preparing our hearts to withstand this season of loss by committing to keep our eyes on that which cannot be taken from us. The promises that God has given to us in Jesus Christ. I think it's important for us to remember that God's not asking anything of us that He Himself has not already experienced. God the Father experienced a greater loss than any of us can ever imagine when He sent His Son to do the work of redemption on our behalf. Jesus gave His life. And He lost the relationship with His Father for a moment as He was forsaken for us. There's incredible loss in the story of the gospel, but all of this loss led to incredible gain. Because through the loss that God, the Father of the Son, experienced on our behalf, death has been defeated. And we no longer have to be forsaken. We have a hope, an active, living hope to rest in. His loss was our gain. So let us rest in that great gain in this season of loss. And let's show the world around us why the gospel is worthy to rest in. Let me pray for us. Father, it's my prayer that you would take this moment of teaching in your word and that you would prepare our hearts for this season of loss. That you would help us to see that as we we lose certain things that we love, we, we lose certain things that are, are good, provide comfort to us, that we would remember that all of this is temporary. That it's, it's all meant to point us to, to a future reality, a greater 
reality, greater promises that you have prepared for us in Jesus Christ. Help this season of loss lead to godly gain. God, we want to stand firm in the gospel. We want to long for the day of resurrection, that upward call. And we want others to see around us the object of our faith that provides for us a firm foundation in this time of uncertainty. God, would you redeem this for your glory and our good? And would you help us be committed to the work of the gospel, even in this, both in our own hearts and in the world? And if there's anybody watching who does not have this sure hope, Holy Spirit, would you even now draw them to yourself, calling them to repent and believe in Jesus Christ? There could be no greater gain in this time of loss than that. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's sing together, church, as we respond to the teaching of God's word.